0: Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Pastor Tim Carstad here, doing our daily podcast from Christian Center, Shreveport. So glad you joined us on our Supernatural Friday, where we find testimonies or experiences that people had in the supernatural. Today, we're going to share a testimony from Howard Pittman. When he was taken to heaven, the Lord gave him five things to tell the church that you're ready for the end times. All right, let's listen in.
1: Shalom, Shalom.
0: you made it through the week praise the lord i pray you've rested up from your holiday experiences with your family and now we start a new season well it's it's friday it's the 29th day of december 2023 our last podcast for this year 2023 when we come back monday it'll be january 1 new year new beginnings believing for that and uh, i thought this would be an appropriate one to end with howard pitman a man that i've followed for many years uh, he's gone on to be with the lord but i got introduced to him many many years ago through i think it was sid roth I'm on sid roth many years ago and he had multiple experiences he was taken to heaven and to hell probably one of the best revelations of hell i've ever seen and heaven because he was shown the ranks of demons, how demonic forces work, how the devil has a game plan against each one of us. He was shown that in detail. But on this little 10-minute little uh, statement here, it's about the five things the Lord spoke to the end-time church. So I'm going to play this, and then we're going to uh, pray into what we should do to walk this out. All right, let's listen in.
1: Nothing mattered now. Not my life. Not my soul. The only thing mattered now, I not hurt my father again. When this life mattered not to me, he gave it back, sent me back to do what I've done. Touch on five quick points, and we're going to close. I have a five-point message to the church. I had to share with you my testimony so that you would understand my authority to deliver this tough message to the church. Let me tell you about my commission he gave me a limited commission he placed two restrictions on me restriction number one was that I could not ask anyone to hear this but I must go tell whoever I'm asked restriction number two was that I couldn't ask for help why would he do this why would he place these kind of restrictions on anyone had to do with a restricted commission that he was going to give me you know what commission he gave the church he sent the church in the world to preach the gospel The church does not have to wait for an invitation. It can ask anybody to help them because they've been sent to the entire world. He wasn't going to bring me back to preach the gospel to the world. In order to do that, he would have to take the commission away from the church and give it to me. He wasn't about to do that. He had already given it to the church. He was going to give me a limited commission. He sent me back in the world, but not to preach the gospel to the world. He sent me to the church with a message of warning he wanted them to hear this warning one more time since i would not always know where his church was and he would i would not have the liberty of choosing my audience he would choose them for me all i had to do was accept every invitation it came put it on my schedule if it didn't come from him he'd close the door before i got there if it came from him no man would close the door he gave me nine months to prepare for this mission from august 3rd 79 to may 7th 1980 on the seventh day of may he said now go within 36 months this testimony had reached every continent on earth basically it's been told on most every major christian radio and television network in north america and most of the world at least one fellowship of almost every christian denomination in north america and most of the world we've never asked anybody to hear it yet he's had us so busy telling it that 1989-1991 my wife and I spent less than 90 days at home. We saw our children, our grandchildren, less than 90 days. Living on the road, airport apron, shopping center mall, church parking lot, good people's driveway, hotels, motels, RV, campgrounds, wherever we could find a place, sleep, meet, take a bath, change clothes, go to the next door with a message so hard the world can't hear it so hard Christians don't want to hear it. Nowhere in this book did it say it would be easy. What it said was it would be possible. So you can study this Bible all you want to. And you won't find a single place where it says, take up your roses and follow me. What it says is, take up your cross and follow me. Not many modern Christians are looking for a cross. Is the servant any greater than the master? The five points we're going to quote. Point number one, this is the Laodicean church age in which we live today. For the overwhelming majority of so-called Christians, I'm sorry to report to you today, are just that, so-called. They are mouth professors and not heart possessors. And unless they wake up with this shaking, he's going to regurgitate them. His promise to do that? Your Bible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Point number two, your adversary, the devil, is a personal and powerful adversary whose ability the church has grossly, and I do mean grossly underestimated, I'm going to give you one piece of evidence to consider. If that don't touch you, nothing will. That piece of evidence, look at the average modern church fellowship. What does the world see? A wet noodle, reflecting no power, no compassion, most cases no love. The church as a whole, what does the world see? A divided body, cut in over a hundred pieces with most of the members within the individual's fellowship spending the majority of their time vilifying another piece, leaving the devil free to roam within the church. As a born-again believer, you're to give no place in your life to the devil. You're to give him no fear, no love. Meet him on the field of battle and defeat him. Point number three. If you're ever going to experience any of God's miraculous power in your life, you're going to have to live that life, not just talk it when the folks down where you work, shop, socialize, live, eat, sleep, when those people who know your private life, after seeing your private life, can believe the words of your mouth, when you testify for Jesus Christ, then you can call upon his name expect to hear from it. Point number four. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, just before his second return to the planet Earth, or 37, rather, conditions on Earth would once again mimic the conditions just prior to Noah's day. The conditions on earth at that time, mankind had but two priorities, wealth and pleasure, wealth and pleasure. Everything else was secondary. Right where we are today, keep your eye upon the eastern sky. Your redemption draweth nah. nigh. It's close, oh, so very close. Point number five. This is the one that's what we're all about. Were it not for point number five, I wouldn't be here. Because to point number five, he sent me back. He's recruiting an army, and I'm one of his recruiting sergeants. He's going to shake this world one more time. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, I will have me a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Look about you, little church. What do you see? A spotted church. No matter how much fanaticism you see a spotted church. I'm here to tell you he's not going to marry this bride until he cleans her up. She's got a putrefied garment on. He's going to have him a spotless bride. Ephesians 5, 27. How is he going to do that? Just like John, a uh, John is quoted by Matthew chapter 3, 11 and 12 saying, I indeed baptize you wa- with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mighty than I whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. It is he who will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Little church, you've had the water. Little church, you've had the Holy Ghost. Get ready, little church. Yonder comes the fire. The third and final baptism. Just a teeny problem with a few of us in this church. little bitty problem. <laughs> it's going to take a blowtorch. He's going to have to scorch us up one side and down the other to make us turn loose this world. But if you think God can shake this world with carnal-minded Christians, I invite you to read the book one more time. Read the book one more time. I didn't mean to hurt anyone, or belittle anyone, or insult anyone. This is a hard message. The kind of message that you can hear from no man. You can only hear this message from God's announcer. And no man announces for God. He didn't send me back to announce this message to you. He sent me back to confirm it. To those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, I'm here to confirm it. See, the Holy Spirit's God's announcer. Dearly beloved, if you're out there today, and you've never made a public commitment to Jesus Christ. Or, if you've made a public commitment to Him, and you've been in a backslidden condition, now you're worried about your salvation, or perhaps you're just under an extra heavy, ordinary attack of doubt. For whatever it is you're doubting your salvation, the Lord has given you an opportunity this day to make that commitment and set it right. If you're looking at your television screen right now, are you listening to this on audio cassette? just lay your hand on the radio or the television or grab hands with someone else if you're in the audience and repeat after me this little prayer and just say it with all of your being to your Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for your word in which you said to us if we would believe in our heart confess with our mouth and repent with our life you would save our soul this day this night this morning this time i believe in my heart i confess with my mouth i trust you with my mind so that i might repent with my life therefore i stand on your word according to that word that same word i now receive this salvation i accept your forgiveness i thank you for saving my soul now, Father, I know there are some of us here who had tried to play a game with you by trying to hide from you part of our private life, which we only called you Lord, but did not make you Lord. For this act, we publicly repent. We invite you in our life to be the Lord of all our life, every day of our life. Give us wisdom to detect the enemy in grace to defeat him. Because you said it in your word, we believe it in our heart. Because of this, this day, This day, we now receive it in our heart. In your precious name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you, each and every one. Thank you so very, very much for your kind attention today. Until we meet, here or there, God be with you, is our prayer.
0: A powerful message from uh, Pastor Pitman. Um, his testimony is amazing. What happened to him? Uh, I shared it last week. I think it was he was a Baptist pastor and know doing tons of good things, but the Lord told him at the throne he was a Laodicean Christian, and he didn't even know. You know, he thought he was doing everything that was proper. In the kingdom, is doing the works, the goods? That's kind of what we talked about yesterday. In forgiveness, we try to do our walk without being forgiven. We try to do good in hopes that we can be forgiven. Forgiveness is a grace gift, and we have to receive it by grace. And Mister Pittman, Pastor Pittman, you know, received that. And had a second chance. Got a commission as he shares there, and to prepare the church. And he did uh, all the way to the end of his life. There's plenty of other testimonies out there in fullness of what he went through when he went to hell. And one thing I think was always interesting, he was shown the war room of hell. He saw Christians' names on the walls and uh, the plans. Satan has a plan for every Christian on how to take them out. And he said, here's the number one thing they do. Satan demon does this is to inundate Christians with so many personal problems that they're no good for the kingdom of God. Boy, what a simple plan, but very effective. We must prepare for these last days. We must not be bound by personal problems and then don't fulfill our commission. And that's what uh, Pastor Pittman had to walk through, is to prepare the church and to do it in such a humble way where it wouldn't be exalting him, but it would be exalting the Lord. And in that, God used him to prepare. I, I, I'm I'm a disciple, if you want to say that, of some of His teachings. So many others have been touched by it. Well, let's ask the Lord to touch you today, and see what the Lord would have for you in this day. Father, we thank you for our precious brother who's gone on to be with you, but thank you for His obedience to share the Word, and may we be faithful to listen, be doers of the Word, not just listeners. And Lord, the preparation of the church for the last days, let us be ready for that. Let us not forget that you have an end time plan for all of us and for the kingdom. And God, I pray that our hearts be full of your grace of forgiveness as we walk through this in the next season. In the name of Yeshua, amen and amen. Well, Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you Monday. Have a good weekend. God bless. Well, thanks for listening today and each and every day. We're almost at the end of the year, so we want to thank you for helping us all year long with your giving and your support, listening to us, sharing this with your friends. It's such a blessing to us. Don't forget, you can give at the end of the year. We'll send out tax uh, donation notices. Uh, if you'll give at this time, just put on there podcast or you can put Pipeline, you can put Christian Center, whatever you like on your, your offering, but we are so grateful that it helps us keep this ministry going. Go to our website, christiancentersreport.com. Or you can do it on our app. There's a give button there as well. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.